You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente. On today's edition... And so God has made us for worship. God has made us, created us for the purpose of worship. But here's the thing. We don't worship Him or glorify Him because He made us for it. He doesn't make you worship Him. We worship Him because He's good. We worship Him because He's generous. We worship Him because He has saved us, because we love Him. When you love someone, do you find it hard to spend time with them? Is it difficult to show them affection? Of course not. You can't help yourself, can you? You think about them all the time, and when you're apart, you can't wait to see them again. Pastor Holland reminds us in today's message of what a joy it is to worship God, to enter into His presence and sing His praises. When we consider His goodness and grace and think of His love for us, how can we respond any other way than to worship Him? Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as he continues his message, Trumpets in the Wilderness. We all have to serve somebody. The choice is yours. Who are you going to serve? Choose this day whom you will serve. The Bible says, because the enemy is spiritual, our weapons must be spiritual. In 2 Corinthians 10, it says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. God empowers you with spiritual weapons to pull down the strongholds in people's lives, to set them free. In Ephesians 6, it says that it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and then praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And so the two weapons we have, the two weapons that were given to us, according to Paul, is the Word of God and prayer. We have the Word of God and prayer. I also want to add to this the charismas of the Spirit. what we refer to as the gifts of the Spirit. Because it is through the gifts or the charismas of the Spirit that God's grace encounters the bondages, the darkness, the travesty, the difficulty in people's lives, and it heals and sets them free. God will do that. He will empower you by His Spirit, and He will give you words of knowledge into people's lives where he'll share things about them to you in order that you might be used as an avenue of grace in their life to bring the love of Jesus to them. Or God might give you, empower you to pray for someone who is sick and see them healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Satan wants people to be lost for eternity. He wants them to go down with him. He's just that kind of guy. He doesn't want to go down alone. He wants to take everyone down with him to kill and destroy. And I've told this story before, but I think about the woman who couldn't have children in our church. And the Lord spoke to me and we prayed for this woman and she was healed. And a year later, not only did we dedicate her baby to the Lord, but her husband baptized, came to Christ. Why? Because the power of God came into their life and the kingdom of darkness was shattered in their life. That's what God wants to use you to do. That's what God wants to do through you. 
And uh, if you want to get more involved in the moving of the power of the Spirit, come to our Afterglow services on Tuesdays. But the first weapon that Paul mentions is God's Word. And God's Word is truth. And Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In Psalms 107.20, it says that he sent his word and it healed them. And that word healed in there means to be physically and spiritually healed. So many people, so many preachers, I'll just be super honest with you right now, not to any disdain to any preacher. But the reason why preachers will go on and tell you, oh, it's not about physical, it's spiritual healing. God is talking spiritual. It's because they don't have faith in God to heal the sick. And there's no healing, there's no power in their ministry to heal the sick. And so all they have is the power of their brain, their education. There's no power of the Holy Spirit. And so I always tell people, the thing that sets Calvary Chapel separate from other uh, churches is not that we're any better. We're not better than anyone. But as Pastor Chuck used to say, it's the power of the Word of God, the truth of God, and the power of the Spirit. It's both together. It's not one separate from the other. It's together. The power of the Word and the power of the Spirit. God's truth sets people free, and we see God's truth sets people free. We see the fruit of that in their lives, and we see the healing power of Jesus released. And it says, and he delivered them from all their destructions. And so God's word brings freedom to the prisoners of war, gives freedom to the people that are being held captive by the enemy who are being manipulated and used by the enemy. The second weapon that Paul mentions is prayer. But if you notice here, it's not just any kind of prayer. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So it's not just any kind of prayer. It's persevering prayer. It's prayer that perseveres. What do I mean by that? Well, that word praying always with all prayer literally means praying at all times and through all times. From the beginning to the end. So you pray at all times and through all times. So you don't stop. It's prayer that doesn't stop till the job is finished. The greatest example we have of this is in Daniel, when Daniel was crying out to the Lord for understanding. And the angel finally comes to him after he's been praying for many days. And he says, from the minute you started praying, the answer was dispatched. The answer was sent. And so what does that tell me? That tells me every time you pray, the answer is sent immediately. God answers your prayer immediately. But what happened? The angel said that he was stopped by the prince of Babylon, the prince of Persia, and was kept from bringing the answer to Daniel. But he said, but your prayers, Daniel, your prayers, you didn't stop praying. You persevered. That got me through. I don't think we really fully understand the power of prayer. I really don't think we fully understand how powerful our prayers will be, can be, if we learn how to persevere in prayer. Not just pray once and it's done. I've heard people say that too. It's like crazy. Like if you really trust God, you only pray one time and then it's supposed to happen. But Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, no, you keep praying until the answer comes. You don't stop praying. You continue to pray until God answers that prayer, until the job is finished. That is persevering prayer. But not only must we pray persevering prayer, but he says here, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 
And to say it simply, praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues. Praying with the gift of tongues. And uh, there are times that we don't know how to pray. And in Romans chapter 8, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so there are times when I don't know what to pray, but God has equipped me with the gift of tongues to be able to pray in the Spirit. And I know that I'm praying God's will. And I will do that often. That's probably the primary mode of prayer that I I pray because I don't know how to pray for people sometimes. When people are going through things, I don't want to stop God's work in their life. Maybe God's doing something. Maybe he's growing them, maturing them, giving them an opportunity to rise up and and they need to go through the struggle. Maybe that's what God is doing in them. I don't want to stop and get in the way of God. And so oftentimes I'll just pray in the spirit and intercede over them and let God pray through me. Let the Holy Spirit pray through me. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, when I pray in the Spirit, I'm praying directly to God. Which means Satan can't mess with it. When you're praying in the Spirit, Satan doesn't know what you're praying. Think about that. Because it's going directly to God. It's not going, if I pray in English, Satan knows what I'm praying. He just does. He knows every language in the world. But if I'm praying in the Spirit, He can't crack that code. I can pray super secret, top secret prayers against Satan, and he can't crack the code. I like it. Don't you? Romans 8 says, when I pray, that I'm praying according to the will of God, which means every prayer that I pray will be answered. Right? Whenever you pray according to God's will, it comes to pass, right? So how many of you would like your prayers answered 100% of the time. I would. And so God empowers us with this Holy Spirit to pray. And if you haven't received the grace to pray in the Spirit, simply ask for it. You don't have to, like, go through some voodoo ritual and, you know, have people wave their arms over you or do any kind of strange dance, you know, do the hooga-booga. Just... Ask God. It's a gift. And receive it from Him. Just in your prayer closet, just ask Him, Lord, I want to do that. I want to be able to pray in the Spirit. Just ask Him and just begin worshiping the Lord and let Him just fill you with His Holy Spirit and let Him empower you. That's all I've done. And God has honored that prayer. The second purpose of the silver trumpets was worship. In Numbers 10.10, It says, also in the day of your gladness and your appointed feast and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over the burnt offerings, over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial. Here again, that word remembrance, a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord, your God. And so they were to blow the trumpets in the appointed feasts over their burnt offerings, their peace offerings, and in the day of your gladness. Let me tell you something. Coming to church, guys, should be a day of gladness. It should be like, man, this is the most exciting thing. This is so cool. Because the presence of God is here. God has drawn us together by his spirit. And he's loving what you have to offer him. It's a day of gladness. 
It shouldn't be all bummed out. People shouldn't come to church all bummed out. If you do come bummed out, then I pray that by the time you leave, the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and makes you happy inside. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. There's many times when I preach myself happy because God is so good. As I'm just sharing His Word, it just energizes me because He is so good. I get so excited about Him. But notice they were to blow the trumpets. And whenever you see this word feast, you should think worship, festival, celebration. It's all about worshiping the Lord. It's all about giving him honor and glory. When you see the word offerings, as I said, you should think draw near, drawing near to God. Whenever you see burnt offerings, that word burnt offerings always has to, it has to refer to drawing near to God in complete surrender. I'm drawing near to you, Lord, and I'm just giving everything to you. I'm holding nothing back. It's all going to be poured out before you this morning. Whenever you see peace offerings, you should think fellowship with God. That we're coming together to fellowship, to hear from God and for God to hear us. And in this is the purpose of worship. It's why we gather for corporate worship. We gather together to say with one voice to God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for working in our lives. It's a time to draw near to God and to give ourselves over to him. It's like when you go on a romantic you know, date with your, you know, with your loved one, the person you really want to devote yourself to. You say, oh, man, I just want to let you know how much I love you. And man, you're the only one for me. I'm just, I'm just devoting myself to you. It's like all of a sudden, you don't ever get to a point where you get tired of saying that when you're in love. And you know, when you're in love with Jesus, you never get to the point where you're tired of gathering together with people and just saying to Jesus how much you love him and how much you thank him for all that he's doing because you want to be where he is. It's time to affirm our love by submitting ourselves to God and surrendering ourselves completely to God as one offering. Psalms 95 says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. And here's why. For the Lord is gr the great God and the great king above all gods. In Psalm 29, too, give to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of the holiness. And in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, But you are a, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, 
that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so God has made us for worship. God has made us, created us for the purpose of worship. But here's the thing. We don't worship him or glorify him because he made us for it. He doesn't make you worship him. We worship him because he's good. We worship him because he's generous. We worship him because he has saved us, because we love him. We worship him because we're grateful to him. It's not we worship God or else. It's my obligation as a Christian to worship the Lord. No. If you come to God because you're obligated, you feel obligated to God, stay home. I know I just said it, huh? Stay home. Don't come because you're obligated. And while you're at home, call out to God that he would make himself real to you. Call upon the name of the Lord that you might discover the height, the width, the breadth, the depth, the length of his love for you. Cry out to God that he would give you the revelation of how your sins are forgiven. Cry out to God that you would receive the revelation of all that he has done, that he has sacrificed his life, that he paid the penalty of all of your debt, and that he washed it clean, and that there is nothing that separates you from him any longer. Stay home until you get the revelation so much that in your heart of hearts you go, God, I have to go. And worship you because of all that you've done for me. What else can I do but worship you? We worship him because he's good. But there's one more dimension of worship that's not really spoken of. And that is worship is warfare. It's battle. Isaiah chapter 30, it says, You shall have a song as in the night when a holy festival is kept, and gladness of heart as when one goes with a flute to come into the mountain of the Lord, to the mighty one of Israel, the Lord will cause his glorious voice to be heard and show the descent of his arm with his, the indignation of his anger and the flame of a devouring fire with scattering tempest and hailstones. For through the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be beaten down as he strikes with the rod and every place where the staff of of punishment passes, which the Lord lays on him. Listen, it will be with a with tambourines and harps. With tambourines and harps. So think about this. That every time worship goes up to the Lord, every time your praises ascend to heaven, the punishing rod of God comes down on the enemy. Isn't that a radical picture? Every time you say, thank you, Lord, bam, devil gets it. I like it. As you sing to the Lord, come to the mountain of the Lord, dance and play songs of praise to the Lord. The Lord fights your battles. And God says that he is an all-consuming fire. What does that mean? He does not lose. He is going to win every battle. Now, I said there was one more thing about the silver trumpets that I wanted to share with regards to what they're made out of. And the silver trumpets are made out of silver. And in the scriptures, 
Silver always represents redemption. It represents redemption. It's a symbol of redemption. And so every time the silver trumpets are mentioned, we're supposed to remember something. What are we supposed to remember? What is it a memorial of? The fact that you and I have been redeemed. That we have been redeemed. That we have been saved by God. That we have been rescued by God. That we have been delivered by God. And so when you go to war, when you go to battle, you're not just like going, okay, we're going to duke the devil and we're going to beat him up. No. When you go to battle, you remember one thing. You've been redeemed. What does that mean? That means God fought the battle for you and he won. That means that he's going to fight this battle and guess what? You're going to win. It's not your battle. The battle belongs to the Lord. And so when you go out into battle and you hear those silver trumpets, you're like, oh, yes, I've been redeemed. The battle's already been fought. The victory has already been won. I don't have to fight this battle to win it. The battle's already finished. Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He has won the battle. And when you worship, as you go before the Lord to worship, you hear the silver trumpets. Remember, you've been redeemed. What does that mean? Your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven. You see that when you come to worship, the enemy starts filling your head with everything you've done wrong. The enemy wants to fill your head with all the shame, all the guilt, all the reasons why you don't belong worshiping the Lord, all the reasons why your worship isn't good enough for God. The enemy wants to come in and he wants to just flood your mind with all of that to shut you down. And guess what? You look up in the face of Jesus and he looks at you and he says, I've forgiven you. You're forgiven. Whatever you've done has been washed clean. You're a new creation. You stand in my presence and it's just you and me. Nothing else. You've been redeemed. So in war, in worship, we never forget that it is God who brought us out of darkness into his glorious light. That is God who has accepted us in the beloved. That it is God who fights our battles. And it is God who will win. And this is the significance of the silver trumpets. They remind us that, yes, we are at war. We are at a time of war. But our God is victorious over every enemy. Yes, we are created for worship. But we are forgiven and accepted by God. And we can come to Him just the way we are. And He receives us. He accepts us. Friends, we want you to know how special you are to us, but more importantly, we want you to know how special you are to God. God loves you, and He gave everything for you so that you could have eternal life. His Son Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven and you could know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Why don't you pray this simple prayer, mean it with all your heart, 
and make that decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, to say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Forgive me for living my life without you. I don't want to live without you anymore. I want to live for you. Forgive me for breaking your law and fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. And if you pray that prayer, you can have the assurance that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven. And I look forward to spending that eternity with you. You've been listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis. As we wrap up today's message, we want to give you the opportunity to partner with us in this ministry. Our radio broadcast is, in a way, a virtual mission field. We're praying that every time a message is shared, someone's heart is drawn to Jesus. Would you join us in lifting up your fellow listeners to the Lord? Ask God to protect them and draw them closer each moment they listen. There's one other way you can partner with us. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting Worship Life Radio? Every amount given, no matter the size, will be used to spread the gospel message, and we're so grateful for it. You can find out more and donate securely online at calvarysanclemente.org. Just click on Give. We're so thankful for your consideration in partnering with us here at Worship Life Radio. If you live in or near the San Clemente area, we'd love to have you join us for worship at Calvary Chapel San Clemente. We meet every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m., and we have a Bible study on Thursdays at 6.30 p.m. Come for a time of singing praises to God, learning more from the Bible, and being in community with brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're unable to come in person, that's okay. You can still be a part of church by streaming our services online through our website. Find out more at calvarysanclemente.org. We hope you'll join us again as Pastor Holland will continue teaching through the book of Numbers here on Worship Life Radio. Every one of us is on a journey of grace. God wants you to be free and full of joy. Pastor Holland's message series, A Journey of Grace, will help you discover how to live the abundant life that Jesus promises to give you today. Order your personal copy of A Journey of Grace at worshipliferadio.com.